I was going through my schools now, and I'm finishing my Master of Divinity down at Shepherds, and I'll be done with all of my classes in December the 4th. And after that is a big question mark. Uh, we have thought that everything is lined up for an internship up in Illinois, uh, but we are still waiting for paperwork. So it might be so that we are moving to Illinois in the middle of December, it might be so that in the, middle of the in the middle of December, we'll be really busy of getting things ready to move home to Hungary. So we're just not sure. And it, is, it, it has been just a really exciting time of waiting and just trusting the Lord. So we just appreciate your prayers for us, uh, especially for me as a dad and a father, to be able to lead my family well in the fear of the Lord and in trusting in Him through these times. Uh, but just most importantly, that our lives uh, might be glorifying to God, whether it will be in Illinois for a year or, or just anywhere else. God knows, and that's fine. Uh, he knows better than uh, I would ever be able to figure it out. Uh, so that's about us and the transition, uh, what we are facing right now. Uh, but there are more important things to consider today than my life. Uh, and there are more important things to consider today than even your life. Um, we need to consider the lives of one another. And, uh, uh, and, and we just need each other so, so much so that it's, that, that it's hard to describe in words. How much I need your encouragement and how much you need the encouragement of one another. And this is what we're going to look at today. But before we, before we do that, I would... I would just like to express my, uh, my, uh, my appreciation for this country and for the awesome stories I have heard since I came here. Uh, ever since we moved uh, and ever since I had time uh, to discuss with men, uh, there are some stories which are keep springing up, stories of war, stories of heroic action, and in most of those stories, there is one group in particular which is highlighted, and I just admire those guys. They are the Navy SEALs. Uh, I've heard that your pastor was uh, not a SEAL, uh, but he was uh, a Marine, which is, you, you got the Navy, you got the Marines, and then you got the SEALs on top. And, uh, and when I hear these stories of the Navy SEALs, uh, I'm just amazed. Uh, I just cannot imagine how this can be true. So I do some research and I find out that in their training, they will reach a point uh, when they will go through a five and a half day period, uh, which is termed and called the hell week. Uh, and, uh, and in that five and a half day time period, the Navy SEALs are pushed to run 200 miles train 20 plus hours a day, physical training, and in that five and a half days, they are only allowed to sleep four hours at max. And they do that standing. Uh, they just fall asleep standing, and they sleep one hour, and they, and they awake, and they are ready to go again to run 50, 60 miles a day, and then exercise. It's, in, it's incredible. Uh, when, the, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, so I hear. Uh, but we might, knowing the SEALs, or at least hearing about them, we might say when the going gets tough, we just send the Navy SEALs and just let them take uh, the problems on, let them take care of life. But even though uh, we are not Navy SEALs, I don't think any of us are, 
at, at the moment at least, and then maybe there were a few of you who, who have went to to go and to serve the country in uh, many ways, and you were trained and pushed hard. Uh, even though we don't have those obstacles in front of us, even though we don't have those trials, we do face trials. Um, we do face sleepless nights, maybe not five and a half days in a row with only four hours of sleeping, uh, but we do have those times in life when we just stop and, and consider, okay, how in a word I am going to make it? Or am I even going to make it? How will I going to face the challenge of the next month? Um, as for me as a dad right now, how will I going to lead my family through a transition? Whether it's going to be an easy, smooth sailing transition of just 14-hour drive to another state, or whether it be a more strenuous move overseas. Uh, how will I going to face those uh, trials of life? How will you going to face aging? As I look around, I see some gray hair and some people without hair, and that's amazing. Um, how, how are you facing every day when you wake up and everything hurts? Um, I'm just 29 and my back hurts. I cannot imagine how, must, how, how, how does it look like when you're 69 or 79. Um, how are we facing life in general? We need encouragement. We need tremendous encouragement. That's how. And we need the right kind of encouragement. Uh, so for encouragement, uh, we are turning to a really special psalm today, uh, Psalm 121. So I would like you to open up your Bibles at Psalm 21 and uh, just simply be encouraged. This is my goal for you today, that when you go out of here, uh, you would be encouraged to go knowing that you are not going alone. You, know, you not only have your brothers and sisters by your side encouraging you, you today through songs and through the preaching of the word, but you have the Almighty God by your side. Uh, psalm 121, it is a really, really special psalm. It is a psalm from the collection so-called the Songs of Ascents. Uh, there are 15 songs of these uh, rain, uh, going from Psalm 120 to Psalm 135. They are not written in, in they are not placed in chronological order. Uh, they are carefully arranged uh, by the person who, who collected all these psalms one point of time, maybe the Ezra uh, of the Old Testament, who, who has determined to know the word of God and to do it. Uh, he, was, he, he was an amazing scribe. So maybe after the exile, all of these psalms were gathered in groups uh, so, so people could go through them and be encouraged, knowing that what what God has started and what God has promised in Psalm 1 to bless those who are, who are faithful to him, he will bring it to completion and we will end in Psalm 150 with just glorious praise to our Lord and God. So we have these groupings of psalms and in, and in the songs of a sense, um, we, we, we find the people uh, who, are, who are eager to go and worship their Lord, um, who are making their way to Jerusalem three times a year. Uh, there are seven feasts which were uh, observed by the Jews, and three of these feasts, the man of the household was required to travel to Jerusalem. There were the Feast of Passover, the Feast of the Weeks, and the Feast of the Tabernacles. And, 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 and these men would just get up in the morning and start their journey to Jerusalem. Uh, 
maybe a week-long journey even. And, and as they were going, they, they would just have these songs in their minds. They would just keep repeating them uh, and, and keep, in, keep encouraging uh, themselves and their, and their fellow brothers. But in most of those psalms, uh, there, is, there is a theme of, of, of maybe repentance. God, please be merciful to me. I know I'm a sinner. Please be merciful to, to Zion, to Jerusalem. Please be merciful to your nation. Please, oh God, uh, pour out your justice finally and punish the wicked and uplift the righteous. Uh, and, and we see those themes in, in, in the psalms again and again. But when we come to Psalm 121, we see something special. There is no plea for uh, mercy. There is no plea for forgiveness of sins. There is no praising of the beauties of Jerusalem. But there is simple confession of, of, trust, and in, of trust. And then there is just an amazing encouragement. Even the title of the psalm in the Hebrew is different than, uh, than the rest of the songs of Ascents. This is not a song of, of the Ascents, but it is a song for the Ascents, uh, for the people who are ascending to Jerusalem. Um, so as people traveled, uh, they have traveled long and hard, and they needed to be encouraged. And, we, and, I, need it, and I need encouragement too. And probably that's long enough introduction for us to finally get to the text. And uh, permit me to read a little bit differently than what your translation might have. Not, just slight, slightly different. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I did go to Hebrew classes. And this was one of my homework, to translate it through. And then we discussed it in class. So this is a heavily edited uh, translation from my classmates and from my professor. Uh, but try to follow along. Uh, it is going to be very much like uh, what you have in your Bible. Psalm 121, a song for this sense. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help is from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He shall not let your foot be he shall not let your foot stumble. Your keeper shall not slumber. Behold, he does not slumber nor sleeps. He is the keeper of Israel. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. By the day, the sun shall not hurt you, nor the moon by night. The Lord, he keeps you from every evil. He keeps your life. The Lord, he keeps you when you go out and when you come in. From now on, until forever. Well, what a short little song. What a short little song, but, but what jam-packed with encouragement. As we unpack this psalm today, um, I will go slow. Uh, and as, as I read through again, uh, we will stop and make some encouragement points and some application points. Uh, the psalm divides into three easy sections. Uh, psalm one and, uh, Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 will be one section, and then verses 3 to 5 will be another section, and from verse 6 to 8 will be our last section. So as we read verse 1 to 2, we read of a person uh, who is going up to Jerusalem, and he lifts up his eyes. And our first point might, see, uh, might be that when you see the mountains, 
um, you must look to the Lord. Okay, so if you're taking notes and you like outlines, this is the first point. When, when you see the mountains, look to the Lord. He sees the mountains before him as he walks and he recognizes uh, that this is an exciting moment in my journey, but still a terrifying one. As people traveled to Jerusalem, uh, if they were living up in Galilee, where most of the Jews have lived after the time of exile because it's a lush and green land, they had two routes to go down to Jerusalem. Uh, they were either going to cut through the land of the Samaritans, um, people really don't like that route. It's called the Ridge Route, and uh, it was just fraught with danger and with opposition, but it was the faster route. So there were some people who were just, I'm just going to go and just, make, and just make my way through as fast as possible. I don't have, an, I don't have time to go down the Ridge Route. Uh, but most people were careful planners, and, and, and they made the longer trip around uh, the, the Rift Route, which is going down to the River Jordan, uh, um, up in Galilee, and would make their way down uh, along the along along the Jordan River on the other side, so they would not even be on the side of the Samaritans, uh, and they would be uh, they would be on the other side, just walking down enough water, enough greens, enough things for the animals to feed, which they would take as sacrifices, and they would reach a point uh, where the water would get shallow, uh, and they would be able to cross over cross over the, the Jordan River and, and lodge overnight around the city of Jericho. Uh, by the time of Jesus, there were two cities of Jericho. Uh, it's it just, uh, it just a really strange thing. But, but, but it was enough place to lodge there. And people would make sure that they stop for a night break before they head up to Jerusalem. From Jericho up to Jerusalem, there is a 1,600 feet incline, and people needed to rest before they take that last day of journey. So I can imagine uh, this person who says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. He has been traveling all week long. He has crossed over the Jordan River. He has slept overnight. He wakes up in the morning, and he looks up on the mountains, uh, hills, curvy roads, and, and he just looks up and says, okay, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, to the hills, and he asks of himself, where does my help come from? How will I going to make it? When he looks up the hills, uh, he, he remembers stories. Um, he might remember stories of robbery. Uh, one of them is retold for us in Luke chapter 10, uh, when Jesus tells of the Good Samaritan. Uh, there's a man who's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho on the same road, which this guy is about to make upwards. And he's attacked by robbers, and we read of him that he's left half dead. Uh, he was beaten so much that he was just left, and people thought he was going to die. Uh, when he looks up on those mountains, this person of ours um, might, might, might have those stories in mind, or, or, or he might just think of himself and of his clumsy foot, that he, might, that he might strip and fall in the middle of the way, break a bone, and how in the world he's going to make it either back down on, on, the, on the hill to Jericho to safety again, or, or are we going to make it all the way up? He can fall off, off of a cliff even and just die, just like that. Uh, this is a dangerous trip which he's, which he's looking forward. So there is no wonder that he's asking himself, how can I get help? I need it. Uh, are, are you humble enough to recognize 
um, when life throws you a curveball that you need help. This man have recognized, I need help. I know I need it. I cannot make it alone. Where does my help come from? And he answers his own question. And you might, you might have the same theological uh, storehouse to be, to be able to answer the same. You might be able to say with this, this, with this man in the psalm that my help is from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Uh, you might be able to uh, have enough knowledge, enough understanding, en enough scriptures under your belt to just push through those hard times, knowing that, yes, the Lord, he made the heavens and the earth, and he is with me. This person might have read Psalm 124 already, which was written by David, and in verse 8 we read from David's mouth the same words, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. If it was good enough for David, it must be good enough for me as well. Uh, I, I know God can help me. Or he might have read the book of Isaiah, and, 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 and he might read in chapter 40 from verse 25 the, all these words, and, and, and he might even remember when God speaks to Isaiah, saying uh, from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25, To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because of his strong, because he's strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my, and my right is, is disregarded by my, by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. So this person of ours might know his Bible well and might be able to encourage himself Enough, and, 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 and even though the phrase who made heaven and earth is a rare phase, uh, phrase in the Bible only occurs five times and all of them is in the book of Psalms, uh, this person knows it and, and latches onto it. If God is the maker of the heavens and the earth, he's sure strong enough to be my helper. Uh, if God is the maker, I know he's the sustainer of uh, everything around me, and I know he can help. So as we stop here, uh, just after our first two verses, I would like to ask you, do you know that? Do you know that God indeed made the heavens and the earth? Uh, or were you uh, guided into falsehood throughout your years of education? Or you might be misguided by well-meaning Believers who think that, that, well, God really didn't make heavens and the earth the way he said he would or the way he said he did. Uh, you might have heard of the gap theory, which says there is millions of years between each day of Genesis 1. Uh, you might have heard of biogenesis, uh, which is a whole group of believers saying that, well, we, we read something, but we see the scientific data in it, and, and, and we kind of be able to mix together now 
the, the scriptures and evolution and, and we can say that, okay, God used evolution in, in creating. Uh, you might have heard those things and, 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 it, and it might be within you, but I, I would like to encourage you to just flip up Genesis 1 and read it. Read it and be encouraged. God made the heavens and the earth. There is no one like him in power and in majesty. With mere word, he speaks light into existence without having a son. And then days later, he will create a son. Hey, by the way, it would be nice to have a heavenly body for the, for the substance I have created light. So he puts the sun up on the sky and, his, and, and he will put the moon up in the sky. And, and only there are, there, there are two bodies in the entire universe. There is the earth and there is the sun and the moon. And then, and then God says in the end of day four, uh, well, let there be stars uh, so they might be beautiful. Uh, there is no big boom uh, which just exploded everything into existence, even though there are some believers who would hold to that. Uh, there is a clearly defined order in, 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 in Genesis chapter one of how God has created and, and all, of those are, all of those are speaking of his majesty and of his power. So don't let yourself be robbed, of, be, be robbed of truth. Because that is the truth which will be able to push you on when there is no encouragement around you. When there is no brother coming alongside of you, putting their arms around you, saying, you know, you're right. So be, be encouraged and, and, and have it in your mind. Rock, rock solid down that God has created. God has created not only the heavens and the earth, but he created you. He created you. And he not only created you, but he sustains you. And he has a plan for you. And, 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 and he wants you to be changed to his image. And that is serious things. Important, exciting things. And this man is encouraged. So you can be encouraged as well. When you see the mountains, look to the Lord. But the psalm doesn't stop there. It could have. Um, but sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes that's not enough. Our second point would be, don't just look to the Lord, but see him as much as he's revealed. In verse 3, uh, there is a shift in the grammar of, of the Hebrew. It is subtle, but it's there. Uh, the person is no longer talking to himself. There is an, no longer self-dialogue, but it is actual dialogue. Uh, there is another voice uh, who, is, who is say, He shall not let your foot stumble. Your keeper shall not slumber. Behold, he does not slumber nor sleeps. He is the keeper of Israel. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. I can imagine this man walking up the hills, looking up and, and, and having this discussion with himself. This is an incredible obstacle in front of me. Who will help me? And then he encourages himself, knowing the scriptures that, okay, God is the maker of the heaven and the earth. He is powerful. He's able to help me. He is my helper. And there is another pilgrim walking alongside of him, overhearing this self-conversation. And he walks up to him, puts his arms around, and he says, He shall not let your foot stumble. Your keeper, your, your keeper shall not slumber. Uh, 
amazing, amazing words of encouragement. He is, he is coming alongside of this other person and, and, and he is encouraging him that, that God is not only the sustainer of heaven and the earth, but he is the sustainer of you. God is not only keeping in line the heavenly bodies uh, that they might not collide. Uh, God is not only making sure that the earth is functioning in a way it should, that seasons change. Uh, but God is the one who stoops down and he is the one who keeps your foot from stumbling. God is your help, helper. And this is the voice of another who has heard the truth being proclaimed and he says, let's not stop there, but go deeper. Let's not stop there, but go deeper. And he does so. He says, God is, God is the one who, lets, who will not let your foot stumble. Your keeper, your keeper shall not slumber. And then he goes on and he says in verse 4, Behold, pay attention to this because this is super important. Your keeper does not slumber. He does not sleep. He is not only characterized by, well, he's usually not sleeping, he's usually not slumbering, but he never slumbers. He never sleeps. Five and a half days is impressive from a Navy SEAL, isn't it? Uh, God, God never sleeps. And he never gets tired. He never blinks. He's amazing. He's amazing. This God who created heavens and the earth, he is not... He, he is not the maker whom are, who is described in the Middle Ages, a person who creates and then abandons his creation, winds up the clock and lets it go. He's not that kind of a God. He's a kind of a God who creates and then zeroes in and never blinks and orchestrates everything within his creation in a way that it might be glorifying to him. This is the God whom you were just proclaiming to yourself that he is the maker of the heaven and the earth. Let me encourage you even more, dear brother and dear sister. God never sleeps, nor he, God never slumbers, nor he ever sleeps. And if you need, if you need evidence for this audacious claim that God never sleeps, look at the history of your nation. In verse 4, he says, God does not sleep, God does not slumber, nor he sleeps. And in the Hebrew, he will put the keeper of Israel in the end of the sentence as just a backbone of, 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 uh, of, as a backbone of, of, of everything which has been said. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. Let me prove it to you. Look at your nation. Remember your history. Look at how God has formed a nation out of a man and a woman who were well past the age of childbearing. Look at Abraham, your forefather, and his wife, Sarah. Uh, look at how God gave them Isaac, how God has tested Abraham, uh, how, how God has later tested Isaac himself, that his wife also was barren, and he prayed and God, and God would give them children. And look at how God has, has guided this, this man, this Jacob, who was, who was full of deceit, 
and would and, and, and would just wanted to just work his way through life in his own wisdom and, and how God has, has grabbed a hold of him and changed him uh, to become Israel. Uh, look at his children, those twelve messed up people whom whom God has decided to mercifully pour out his love on them. Look at the promises with, with God, with, which God has made to Abraham before even he would have a child that, that his descendants would be in a different nation for 400 years and then he would come and rescue them. And look at the book of Exodus, how God has fulfilled that. Oh dear pilgrim, know your history and be encouraged. God is the keeper of Israel. And is he not keeping his people? Oh yes, he does. Even today, even after the Holocaust, even after living in the hotspot of this entire globe, uh, in middle of conflict, day in and day out, God is the keeper of Israel. If he can keep Israel, oh, how much more can he keep you? You want proof that God never sleeps? Uh, well, open your eyes. And look at the people of Israel and be encouraged by be encouraged by who God is. And it's not enough. He goes beyond it. He says, the Lord, Yahweh, the amazing covenant keeper, God, he is your keeper. If it was not clear enough just yet from all these descriptions, he is the one I'm talking about. He is the one who says, I am. And I will be forever. He is your keeper. Yahweh is your shade at your right hand. He is as close to you as your shadow. There is nothing which is closer to you than your shadow. He is the one who protects you. Yahweh is your keeper. So be encouraged. Be encouraged, fellow believer. When life gets tough, when going gets tough, we don't need the Navy SEALs. Uh, we need our Heavenly Father. And He is there. He is the shadow at my right hand. And he's, he's an amazing God. So, so how, how, how do we grab all of these, uh, this encouragement and this observation? What do we do with it? What, just one simple thing. Please encourage one another. Okay? Please call up one another throughout the week. Uh, use this time, this, this, this really special time on Sunday morning to sing aloud and, 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 and encourage the, the one beside you with your voice, singing praises to your God, letting the other person beside you that you believe what you are singing. And then call each other up throughout the week and, and, and encourage one another. You know, God is indeed real. God is indeed powerful. God is indeed faithful. Trust in him. Come on, let's do this together. Trust in the Lord because he has proven himself. So be like the other person in the psalm who walks up beside this pilgrim, who, who even though knows that, well, he's in church, he knows that God created everything. He's good, I, I, I can just walk right by. No, he comes by and he says, yes, you're right, but let me give you more. And give them more. If you know more, give them more. Open up the scriptures with, with your fellow believers and, and point to God because he's amazing. There's so much to learn from him. So don't just look at God, but, but gaze at him. Don't just say, when I look to the mountains, I look to the Lord and he is my helper. But say, when I look to the Lord, I actually stop and consider him. And, and help others to consider as well. Because when we consider, that's when we're encouraged. When we consider, that's when we are being built up. 
that's when our that's when our faith is strengthened. When I have discussions with my wife, that's when we grow together. Uh, I know she's a believer. She knows I'm a believer, and 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 she knows I know my Bible, and I know she knows hers. Uh, but we still talk about it. We still encourage one another. Hey, have you, have, have you looked at this passage yet? Closely. Have you considered what it means for us? And then we memorize scripture together and, and we encourage one another. Do that. Do that. Because I need it. You need it. Whether you realize it or not, you need it. And the person beside you, no matter how sharp he or she looks like on Sunday morning, they need it. They need it. So encourage one another. And the psalm is not over yet. Uh, when we look at verse 6, we see that the Lord's protection is indeed real. These are amazing claims for this other person who comes by and says, okay, let's, 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 let's bring this down to you. All that I have said about God, let's, let, let's, let's put it into your life and, uh, and, and, and be encouraged. And he says, by day the sun shall not hurt you nor the moon by night. The Lord, he keeps you from every evil. He keeps your life. The Lord, he keeps you when you go out and when you come in, from now on until forever. When he says, by the, by the day the sun shall not hurt you, nor the moon by night, he is setting up uh, a device in a Hebrew poetry which is called merism only highlighting the two edges of the whole, uh, the sun by the day and the moon by the night, two extremes. And, 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 he is, and, and, and he knows that the other person thinks of everything in between. And, uh, and uh, that's what we should think of as well, everything in between. There is nothing in the entire world which could happen to you if your keeper has not allowed it. There is nothing whatsoever. He says that the, that the sun shall not hurt you, nor the moon by night. Uh, this person who walks up on the hills might have looked up on the shrines on the side, uh, people worshipping the sun god, and the other hill, people worshipping the moon god. Uh, and, 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 and he can know that those things, uh, those things cannot touch me. Uh, those things others bow down to, those things others pay homage to, um, they just, I'm, I'm invincible. And I am. And you are. Uh, which, is, which is just, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind that he can go on in verse 7 and say, the Lord keeps you from every evil. He keeps your life. And and I just stop and I'm like, uh, how does this equate with my, with my experience? <laughs> uh, and I know it does because the Hebrew is worded carefully. <laughs> and, 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 and it says, he keeps you from every kind of evil. Not that there is no evil which will ever touch you, but the Lord is carefully monitoring your life. He is really carefully monitoring your life. Uh, there are kinds of evils which will never touch you because the Lord keeps you from, from the host of evil which would come to you. There are all kinds of evils which are happening to people around you, but the Lord keeps you. Uh, he, has, he has his special hedge of protection around you. And, and, 
and I'm not here to say that when you believe in the Lord or when you give enough money, there will be health and prosperity in your life because that's not the Bible's message. Uh, but the Lord does protect you. And, and you can think back in your life and, 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 and recognize these moments, oh, the Lord has saved me from this. Oh, the Lord has saved me from that. And we need to. We need to do that. And you need to encourage one another. And, 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 and we know that he does so because we can even look at the life of, of Job and see in uh, chapter 1 and 2 that the evils whom are happening to Job are only happening to him because God said to Satan, you may do this, but not that. Um, you, may, you may touch everything which belongs to him. You may not, only, you, you, you may, you may not touch him. And then when Job goes through that and he has not blasphemed, Satan goes up to God again. Well, you know, he's, he's not, he hasn't blasphemed because I was not allowed to touch him. Let, let me touch him. And the Lord said, yeah, you may, you may go and touch him, only you're not allowed to take his life. And then he comes and then bruises break out on Job and then he's suffering. Uh, but, but God is his keeper in that moment. He's still there with him. He's still there with him. Um, I could read to you from Psalm 91, and uh, and 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 I think you would you would be encouraged by it to know how God is keeping the ones uh, who whom He loves. He says in Psalm 91, because He holds fast to my love, God says, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He doesn't say that there is no trouble which will reach you, but he does say when troubles reach, I'm there with you. I will be with him in trouble. And the Lord is indeed with us in, in trouble. And that's why we can flip to the New Testament and we can see the Apostle Paul who says of himself in, First Corinthians, in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11, he says these things to himself knowing that God is his keeper. Uh, just listen and, 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 and be encouraged that if Paul could say that God is my keeper after I'm going to read all of these, uh, then, then, then you can be encouraged as well. Listen to what Paul has went through. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from... from from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger in the sea, danger in the false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food and without clothing, in exposure. And apart from, from all these other things, there is the daily pressure on me in anxiety from all the churches. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I believe Paul could reach back to Psalm 121 and say, God is my keeper in all of these. And he says later on in Philippians, uh, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I know he's beside me, he's with me in trouble. So yes, yes, the Lord is your keeper and he will keep you forever. This is how the psalm closes. The Lord, he keeps you when you go out and when you come in. Again, the two sides of the spectrum, everything included within it. He keeps you all the time. Uh, there, is, there is no time when the Lord takes off his eyes from you. There is no time when he takes off his hands from you. He keeps you all the time from now on until forever. And we can say amen and amen. And we can look to Matthew 28 and, 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 and just grab this psalm out of the Old Testament and just claim it as our own because we know that our Lord has said, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, it's ours. It's yours and mine, so be encouraged. So what do we do with all, all of this encouragement? After, after we heap all this encouragement upon us, and hopefully our heart is rejoicing that God can keep me, and he not only can, he will. What do I do with this? Well, do something with it. Obey the word of the Lord. Keep reading your Bibles. You know that the person who has stopped reading uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, he has stopped reading after knowing that, that God has created everything. These verses, these verses would continue and, and would say after verse, after verse 28, in the middle of it says, The creator of the ends of the earth, the Lord is the everlasting God. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and, be, and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what do we do with this God who is so ready to, to, to fill us with power and with energy and to keep us and guard us? The God who never sleeps nor ever slumbers. What do we do with him and what do we do with his word? I would encourage you to obey it. Please obey it and, and, and don't just take joy that, okay, Jesus is with me all the days of my life, forevermore, even from now until the end of the ages. I know that I'm secure in him. But please go back and, and read what he asks of you. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. Do something. <laughs> and I know you are doing. Uh, but be encouraged. Read your word and, and, and then step into it boldly. When, when God asks you to go up on that mountain, to, or when God asks you to go through that, that, that hard and deep valley, know that he is your keeper and then go. When God asks you to forgive after your brother has hurt you 70 plus times, forgive, knowing that the, that the Lord can give you strength to do it, knowing that he is your keeper in the midst of it. When God asks purity of you, young people, <laughs> and even aged people, uh, that this is the will of him who has called you to be holy, do it knowing that he is the one who supplies the strength and encourage one another.
So take the word of the Lord and pray that the Holy Spirit might press it deep on your hearts and apply it to you. And this is what we're going to do right now, okay? So we are going to pray and then our time will be uh, over and we can go over to the fellowship hall and, uh, and just discuss even more if you have questions or so. But let, let us pray now. I would like to, like to ask you to please stand with me. Um, if you can stand, uh, please stand. If you cannot, you don't have to. Um, but but I've, I would just like to um, give you just a moment of, of just silence. When uh, you can just quiet your hearts before God, uh, knowing that, 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 that His word is truth, and that, he's, and that He's right here beside you. Your keeper never sleeps. He watches you carefully. And just thank Him. Thank Him. And then we will ask him together, I will lead us in prayer, that, that, that the encouragement which is ours might not remain with us only, but we might be able to just pass it on to others around us. And oh, how much we need each other's encouragement. And oh, how much more the fading and dying word around us need, needs the encouragement of the Lord. So we shall pray together. I will let you pray, and then I will, I will close our prayer time. Okay. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. Uh, there is no one like you. Uh, you have indeed created the heavens and the earth and everything in between. Uh, there is nothing hidden from your sight. Uh, we are so grateful that, you, that you're never tired. Uh, you never slumber. You never sleep. Uh, we are thankful for your faithfulness, for your people, Israel, and for even us, your children. Uh, we are thankful for the encouragement of your word, and we are so thankful that we can read it in our own language. Um, oh, please, uh, Holy Spirit, please come and, uh, and, 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 and do through your word, which you have uh, desired to do, is to cut our hearts, uh, is to imprint on us um, your word and its encouragement that our hearts and our soul and everything we are uh, might be infused with truth, uh, knowing that you are. And, and not just that you are, that you exist, but you are the one who is beside us. Uh, you are the shade at our right hand, and, and you keep us close to yourself. Help us, God, to, to please look to you in the days of trouble and recognize that you are in the midst of it, and you are right there with us. And, and please help us to, to praise you and, and thank you uh, throughout all, all our lives, no matter what, what comes to us, knowing that you are our keeper, knowing that you are our guardian. Um, help us, O oh God, that we might, we might be encouraged by the truth, that we might be sanctified by the truth, and help us to encourage one another as well. Help us to encourage this dying world around us. Uh, help us to lift their eyes to you. Uh, help us to know the word, 
and uh, and apply it faithfully to our lives. We need you. We tremendously need you, and we are so grateful that you are our helper. Uh, so this is how we go from here uh, with you and with your strength. Please bless these people uh, that your church might be strengthened, your church might grow, your church might be more and more beautiful, reflecting your glory. Amen. Amen. You all are dismissed.